0: Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello and welcome to the sponsored
1: programme, Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. This week brought to you by Sofa Sofas. I saw a lot of adverts for them popping up. What do you think? On Bumble, of all places. (laughs) like
0: the first chat to Bumble in the last three months.
1: The thing is, right, Bumble, I'm not having a go at your business model here, but stop advertising me sofas. And start being able to get me matches, because you're... Uh,
0: so the, far, the you get, like, they, a lot of sofas, no gifts. The, no the
1: notification they send is, oh, with our partners at Sofa, Sofas, you can cuddle up for a night in. It's like, that's something to do in a relationship. A thing that I am not in, That's <laughs> why on I'm Bumble, on Bumble, and also, please, can I match with someone?
0: And then I'll buy a sofa. Also, how proud do you think they were? Also, I have a sofa already, so... How Not both. They came up with the title so far sofas. Yeah, but what does that even mean? Yeah, so far from having a sofa, you need somebody to arrive with, with a, a sofa, with an advertisement for a sofa, so that you can be much closer to a sofa. Okay. Well, the only other one I know is Sophology, and that's
1: sponsored by uh, Owen Wilson, I believe. <laughs> so, um, Sophology, I think it might be called. I don't know. It was a big coup getting Owen Wilson. It's just a shame it isn't 2004 anymore.
0: Oh, by the way, we also have another guest. For us. Hey, Paul. Hello there. Welcome back.
1: Channeling good, the good spirit t- of Obi Wan Kenobi for this Star Wars special. Good, good. He t- said, be hello there, and that's did, yeah. that's, oh. the, mm. that's, the, that's the the prequel Obi Wan Kenobi. Because as far as I know, Alec Guinness. He did. Never, did he hey? said? Yeah, in hello in in, in episode four, he? he says hello there to who? And yeah, so, though, to into uh, the uh, open as a tangerine. Yeah, tangerine. <laughs> no, he just walks up to a sand dune. This guy, Tuscan Raider. So, there we go. It's the bit where he takes his hood off. Yeah, all <laughs> right. He goes, "Hello, Hello there." And he goes, "Hello there." And it's <laughs> the face of Ewan McGregor.
0: <laughs> and the Tuscan Raider just goes. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> it's weirdly, it's also the voice a of Ewan McGregor, which is strange because my I was going to end this podcast just by telling Paul he was like a brother to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay how are you
1: doing paul i'm okay how are you what are your thoughts on sofas <laughs> um i best sofa five four three two one go she's not well done uh technically not a sofa so go fuck yourself shoes <laughs> best sofa yeah uh, in the world yes ever yes i mean I'm, I'm i'm just gonna go out on a limb and just say whatever one alfred hitchcock owned Ah, maybe because uh, he must have had to relax after uh, a long day of long day of writing masterpieces and sort of wandered and around and, and, the shout- and shouting and okay, shouting. a terrible
0: sofa, and that's why he a so old sofa. Yeah, yeah, his sofa was so bad he had to sit at his desk. With write I and I uh, need to write
1: the most chilling screenplay in the world. <laughs> that was the worst un- Alfred Hitchcock impression <laughs> you're going to get ever. Do it again. Nope. <laughs> It was something akin to my Alan Guinness impression. Can you do. Hello
0: there. Alfred Hitchcock selling us a sofa. Oh, <laughs> it's me, Alfred Hitchcock. That's not Alfred Hitchcock. It is Hitchcock. very close <laughs> you, to, you Alfred. Don't need to Brian him. Butterfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: Brian Butterfield is basically the same as Alfred Hitchcock, is what we're all forgetting. This is the best sofa. Oh, God,
0: no, it's gone wrong. Oh, no. Stop your, me before I go crazy! Your comedy tour of Man of Two Impressions is gonna go really well. I'm the Man of A Thousand Voices. Is Most the of them sound the same. Yeah, like,
1: it's inflections, is what it is. <laughs> the man of A Thousand Inflections, but one voice. Because really, haven't we all got one voice? Because we're all humans? The World Cup, coming soon. Like, that's a, that's a Coca Cola type album. Yeah. Whereas it's like, we're all got the same voice. I'm waving my flag like k told me to in 2010.
0: Anyway, let's get away
1: from World Cup anthems and move away from an industry which is plagued with uh, corruption and horrible people and move into the wonderful world of cinema, which has got none of the... F- bu- I mean, it's awful as well. But, as far as we know, no one's died... Making stadiums for the James Bond franchise. We do know that they have died in Qatar. We're onto your fever, we're coming for you. Imagine that this is how we take down fever with what? this pod.
0: People to my life. Isn't it fever was taken out by three guys in a living room?
1: Who better? Who better to do the job? The authorities have proven they can't do it. Alright, so I mean, it was bad enough when the Americans had to come in and clean up FIFA. By the way, great job, guys. It's running perfect now. I don't think. Anyway, James Bond. Fucking hell, Andrew, if you'll let me get a word in. Danny Boyle. Yes. We spoke about this uh, a few weeks ago. Danny Boyle was rumoured to be directing Bond 25, Mm. as it's not going to be called. Definitely, that will not be the title of the James Bond. If it is, they've messed up. Um... But he's been confirmed as coming uh, on board as director. John Hodge, a uh, long-time collaborator of uh, Danny Boyle's, will be doing the screenplay. So, If I recall correctly, John Hodge worked on Train Spotting with him. Yeah, and correct. And Sunshine? Tr- uh, not, tr- not Sunshine, oh. because that was Alex Garland. Uh, but he did the adaptation of The Beach. Uh, ah. So he took Alex Garland's novel and rewrote it. Uh, Life less ordinary, shallow grave, train spotting, train spotting two. So they've got long history together, and they've proven they can work together. Mm -hmm. If you're going to give it to a writer director partnership, this is probably quite a good one to go with. Danny Boyle is a good director. You also Uh, have to assume that the two of them probably grew up in the era of you know the Connery and more, yeah, Bond films coming out. Is it okay? Well, this is the thing is it's always been sort of said like you know do, do british directors just get bond and is it because they're brought up with that culture mm-hmm. in this and certainly in the sort of 60s 70s 80s that culture was so huge over here and it's an international franchise sure yeah. but the the sort of meat and potatoes of it is british and sort of it does it it does its biggest business here mm-hmm. is it important to still have a british voice at the helm or would you want to see someone else come in and do something? Sam uh, Mendes really, is British. Sam Mendes is British, yeah. 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 Would you want to see someone come in, um, a really left field choice?
0: I don't know. Like I think that what you said is true. The British directors get what Bond is. And the thing is Bond is such, it's not only just a moneymaker for British film, mm. but it's also big money for Britain. Yes. That like, You know, people come to Britain because of Bond. Yeah People
1: yeah see. there is a there is a tourism industry sort of that is partially helped by yeah. the Bond franchise yeah so, saying that though i would like to see one specific american director take it on and that's ryan coogler just so i can get idris elba as bond <laughs> which could be happening you never know uh, because this will be um, craig's, craig's final mess. bond yeah. Before Henry right. Carroll takes over. Uh, Despite the versions. fact that uh, Barbara Broccoli offered him $150 million to come back and do two more <laughs> and he just went, no, I'll do one.
0: <laughs> but, um, still saying, <laughs> but he's got $149 million <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, no, I think that there is something about the voice of the British director yeah. that really gets what Bond is. Um, yeah. And I think Danny Boyle is a incredible director, really. Yeah, and um, uh, can do a
1: variety of things.
0: When I saw this was announced, mm. I saw it's one of those you don't get on like standard news, you don't get a lot of like film stuff of when somebody's signed But this hit the forth. front pages of the BBC yeah. website,
1: it was all over the place because
0: there is something intrinsically fascinating about Bond for the British, yeah. Know,
1: and and it is the British film franchise, if you it if you've ran so it, yeah, you know, it's,
0: it's there for all ages now, yeah, I kind of think you know, from you know, all ages because it's. These Bond films are definitely not to take your four-year-old nephew to. Yeah, um, you're not taking your four-year-old to so you can get hit in the nuts by a bit of rope, are you? Yeah, exactly. But you know, there's a you can go. Like I could go along with my dad, or you could go along with your grandparents or whatever. You know, everyone seen at least a Bond. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure it's the only uh, back back at back at the origin of origin house of Alex Hudson. It's the only film that we can all only film series that we can all watch as a family and no one minds it yeah all. I mean it's it's weird that the two franchises that I would say you know you can put these on and everyone would be happy watching something that and Harry Potter Ooh, I was actually Give a say to that <laughs> I was actually gonna say that and toy story oh yeah. yeah yeah and I had we had this thing a couple of Christmases ago when I was back home and there were sort of three or four generations of us there um, there was Toy Story 3 I think was on or something, and Toy Story 2 was on and it's so refreshing to just sit down and everyone to be able to get something out of a film yeah. and I think, you know, James Bond is this is this huge thing for for, for Britain but also I think it's, it's important that it still maintains its place and evolves with cinema as well yeah. rather than being left behind in the dust because you don't evolve, you know, it, it is a case of evolve or die in terms of, you know, uh, we're, we're looking at it from a sort of a, a movie goer's perspective and thinking if you don't stay current, do you lose, and you know, the westerns, y- all you have to do is look at the westerns. They died out for a while and then they came, they've they come back in the last sort of 10, 15 years with very few really stunning examples, hmm. but enough examples where I'm thinking like, you know, there is the is audience it, there. I
0: find there's a lot of like, um is the term proto-westerns? Yes. Where it's, it's western in essence, but actually isn't a western. Name. Well, yeah. we've just been discussing one before no, we went Logan. on air. Logan, yeah. Logan is a western. Um, and um, it, ha- it is and a high, case of... Hannah kind of Highwater, another western. Yeah. But is it actually a western in mm-hmm. the way that a classic western mm-hmm. is? No. Yeah. And didn't you say, um, oh, the film that you really liked with Jeremy Renner in... Wind River. Wind yeah. River. Kind of, Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And this is the thing, is that if you don't evolve as a franchise, uh, for a franchise to be going for 50 years Mm. is remarkable, but the only way you do that is by evolving with the times and keeping (laughs) it fresh.
0: For a modern day example, see Fast and
1: the Furious. So I think, well yeah, to be fair, yeah, you know, Fast and the Furious started off as a car racing film, Mm. and then has now evolved into an action-adventure franchise, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. And has put the rock in it, which is what you have to do in 2017 to get any audience. So do that. Either that will be the greatest showman. <laughs> Those are the two things you have to do.
0: The next one has Hugh Jackman singing As... on top of a car, but the rock is driving. <laughs> yeah, dressed in a top hat like, and tails. The rock did Moana. Yeah, true. Like they both can sing. Yeah, Hugh Jackman did is Yes. So
1: you know we can we can put them in faster than a musical. <laughs> Or just re-release lame is, but edit out Russell Crowe in his place, The Rock. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying though, um, Danny Boyle coming to do this, and then I think that's going to be it in terms of Daniel Craig will be done. I think it will be a one and done yeah. for Danny Boyle as well. I don't, I don't necessarily see him sticking around for more. I think he wants to do a self-contained story more than anything yeah. else. I'm excited I to see the returning characters of sort of Q yeah. uh, Ben Whishaw's great as that role Naomi Harris Ray Penny. Ray Fiennes is great Ray Fiennes is great as, Ray M- as well uh, they've, they've mm-hmm. got a mm-hmm. cast now where I'm thinking just change out the Bond yeah you can, you can change out the Bond everything's now set up for that transition
0: I'm really excited for just a solo Bond film one where it's not linked to this wider storyline yeah. just Bond doing a mission that's yeah. all I want which could well be this film yeah. now
1: because it feels like everything's tied up in
0: terms of. Unless it's a shot shot remake of Goldeneye, but with Daniel Craig. But still with Sean Bean in it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And okay. still, still him do Like him, Daniel Craig doing an impressive. Alan Cummings of still as uh, <laughs> Boris? Or can
1: Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> can he just voice him? I see what you're so saying. So you just get Daniel Craig in to mouth all the words and yeah. still retain the original dialogue or spoken by.
0: Skyfall, but Pierce Brosnan is born.
1: Right, sold, yeah. Well, the thing I'm really excited about in this next film is to see uh, what uh, what the villain is and if it is uh, Christopher Eccleston playing a military guy that has turned bad, as Danny Boyle loves to do. So um, yeah. that would be uh, very nice. Um, okay, so let's move on, because we've spent a long time talking well, about Bond now. Um, some other sort of, well, talking of Idris Elba. Big dress big dress uh, he is set to direct and star in The Hunchback of Notre Dame for Netflix mm. uh, so um, always good to see more yeah so his his uh, directorial debut Yardi, premiered at Sundance this year uh, to sort of mixed <laughs> reviews um, but he's he's now he's uh, his comedy series Based on sort of him growing up. Mm-hmm. I think it's on TV over here on Sky. Uh, and it's getting released in the US via Netflix, I believe. I think okay. they're partnering on that over there. So they they now have this relationship with him. And they've now approached him to do uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame film in which he is the hunchback and also is directing the hunchback but is he is Big is just too big to be a hunchback he's also too attractive to be a hunchback <laughs> oh the thing is I <clears throat>
0: hunchback's to be attractive too. come on it's 2013 it's 2013 after all we are
1: woke. Let's give us a round of applause for being so woke. I am very lost. Um, <laughs> is it 2013? No, it's still 2012. Paul, oh, don't worry. <laughs> That's okay. We're not in the future. Jesus. I was worried that the Mayans were wrong. For no, 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 We're still yet to experience The Greatest Showman. Um, so, yeah. Um, Idris Elba as Huntback knocked Dame, And this is a story that hasn't really been touched since the um, 90s... Uh, Disney version mm. which I remember seeing in the cinema and weirdly like uh, getting really involved with I don't know why like, I, I just I remember being involved in that film just really getting into it like, um, leave him alone villagers no I think he's a person too like, can somebody shut that child up I think I think it just came at a, a, a bring
0: those back.
1: I think it came at a crucial point in my life where I was very aware of cross-brands um, so it was sort of... You also very aware of your own hunchback. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> like, oh, that's why they treat me like a monster. It's that's true. why these gargoyles talk to me. It's so good um, to see yourself represented on screen. <laughs> so, no, what I was thinking is that it was the first time that I was really aware of sort of um, cross-promotional activity stuff. And I believe there was a range of Happy Meals toys. Yeah, yeah and that were. <laughs> and I, Idol, like, Idol Gargoyle, I, have, I have a feeling that that was the first time I was really sort of... Awake to that sort of world. Woke to the McDonald's. Woke, yeah, woke to the McDonald's, McDonald's machine. Give myself a round of applause for being so woke. 14 uh, after it's 20, it's going to 2012 <laughs> soon. Anyway, so I think this is something that I haven't even thought about
0: since the 90s. I, I never. I don't remember guessing, I don't even remember watching the Hundred of Notre sure Dame, the Disney one. Yeah, that much. Like, I don't think it's a story I really am interested in. Yeah. You know, it, it's not. It's not. If you turned around and said, "Oh, list your favourite Disney um, animations," I don't even think I'd remember it.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my thing: is if you make it a gothic horror film, yeah, then you give it to Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> well, this is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> He's as good as Idris Elba is, he's not Guillermo del Toro, so that's fundamentally the biggest problem. I think any
0: gothic horrors had to be passed through him first. Yeah, I think he
1: must be producing it shortly. <laughs> well, he's got the. Um, the monster, the Troll Hunters um, TV series on Netflix. Oh, is that the one where it's like Guillermo del Toro's something? Presently, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that one. Yeah, um, and he's directing a few episodes, isn't he? I yeah, so I think he's directing. It's an animated series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then, he's so got, why wouldn't he's you recruited other people to do the others? We've got so off t- off track so quickly on this episode because now <laughs> we're just discussing whether Guillermo del Toro should <laughs> do a film he's not doing.
0: <laughs> I mean, troll hunters it's just nerd-a-film trolls yeah and it's like people hunting them like yeah genuinely like, <laughs> like, like a- no to film predator yeah but the people are the predator and the trolls are like oh, Arnie's crew and at one point the troll just covers itself in mud in correct. <laughs> and correct, correct me if I'm wrong. You see two eyes Go. Like, you are
1: one ugly son of a bitch. Correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure there is a film called Troll Hunter. Yes there is. Uh, troll Hunter is a very good uh, sort of Scandi horror yeah. film Um if you haven't seen it. Check was it done by Guillermo del Totoro? No, it was run through him first. Oh, yeah, yeah, said no, because no, it's not a gothic horror, so ah. it's fine. Um, it is a sort of mythological thing. Uh, Troll Hunter's very good. Mm. Have, Have you seen Troll Hunter? Hunter?
0: No, I just wish it was my version.
1: You would enjoy it, because there is a bit where it says,
0: Troll! It <laughs> 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 Potter 1.
1: In the dungeon! <laughs> in the dungeon! <laughs> in the dungeon. <laughs> um... So, yeah, basically, Netflix have beaten Disney to the punch (laughs) on this one and have stopped them from doing their live-action remake. Um, It could be interesting. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Hey, Andy, Godzilla 2, Godzilla King of Monsters, (laughs) has now got an official release date. So what am I counting down till? You're counting down till March... No, uh, sorry, May 31st, 2019. Okay, boys, I'll see you in May. Um, So, uh, obviously it's the uh, sequel to Godzilla, and sort of tied into the universe, the legendary monsters universe they're going with there. Mm -hmm. Um, Starring Millie Bobby Brown in this one, uh, alongside Kyle Chandler, and not... Taylor-Johnson? No one from the original. I was going to say Judy Greer, but I don't know if I'm right on that one. You're thinking of Jurassic World maybe that's it anyway the other thing with big
0: dinosaurs Uh, yeah so that's now uh, not a dinosaur it's a kaiju come on guys May May
1: 31st uh, Mm. next year great stuff Uh, so that is your date for your diary set Mm. so it's so it's directed by the guy who directed Krampus which is an interesting (laughs) uh, and I think we reported on this when the news broke it's an interesting choice I don't fully understand it Krampus is fine Mm. Um, it doesn't seem to be the same tone as to what they were doing with Godzilla I'll be interested to see the way they take it I don't know the thing is after seeing Kong Sky Island last year which I was really impressed by I think they they understand what and you know I I really like Gareth Edwards anyway Um, Gareth Edwards? yeah Gareth Edwards it's
0: one of the two so yeah. Ev- again. Evans, Evans is the is, yeah, the, is the raid, raid. Yeah. yeah. It's Edwards. Yeah. yeah, they
1: both have the most Welsh-sounding names, but I know that I think only one of them is Welsh. Yeah, it Gareth Edwards yeah. is from Nuneaton. There we are. It there. gets us
0: every time though.
1: Um, so. Gareth Edwards, I really like, and I thought Godzilla was really good.
0: Yeah, my favourite bit is when they applaud Godzilla as he goes back to see after destroying. Because he's so <laughs> He gets <laughs> a like, round of applause. Like, Thank you for destroying
1: everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I really like it, um, and I like the idea of this universe. Yeah, and I think actually that, that sort of post credits moment in Skull Island. Yeah, got me. Which got me. Got got you wetter than an <laughs> artist's pocket. You loved that <laughs> moment. <laughs> And I I was actually weirdly enjoying it as well, because I was kind of like, yeah, you've got this. I was like, oh, that's
0: Mothra, bro!
1: Um, So Mothra will be appearing in this film.
0: Uh, Is it in King Ghidorah or whatever? Ghidorah? Yes.
1: So, King Ghidorah, is it? Yeah. Ghidorah,
0: Ghidorah, Godzilla. Yes. Godzilla.
1: And uh, Rodan as well. Roadman, I believe, is. Roadman. Road and the Roadman. <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, Warner Brothers have also announced a release date for Doctor Sleep. Uh, now, are you aware of Doctor Sleep? <laughs> Paul? Is it the butterfree solo? Oh, no, me? I think I used to have a tape that I listened to when I was struggling <laughs> to get to sleep. Well, you may have, because I think that's what basically the novel is all about. It's the sequel to The Shining, about the kid from The Shining all grown up, Danny Torrance. Mm hmm. Uh, who then is. Is like this an actual book that he wrote? Oh, yeah, Doctor Sleep came out about four or five years ago, I think. Okay. Um, and is the, the sequel to The Shining, <laughs> a direct sequel to it. I don't know if, if Warner Brothers have just gone mad with the success of It. Not every Stephen King film works. <laughs> In fact, only one of them ever worked. It came out last year, it was called It Chapter One. No, <laughs> It Part One. Stephen King adaptations are risky. The fact that we've now got a Stephen King adaptation of a film, of a book that no one knows about, basically, as proven here. Have you you read it? I've not read it. This is the thing. And I'm, you know, a big enough fan that I should have probably read it. I don't want to read it. And I don't particularly want to see this film. It's going to be directed by the guy... Oh, Paul, you watch Gerald's Game on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's directed by uh, him, which is... Okay, well, I thought Gerald's Game was interesting enough. It was what it, well, I don't think it was particularly brilliant, but I think it had some good qualities is Gerald's to Gerald's
0: Game the one about the woman tied to a bed? Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was interesting enough. Uh, Mike Flanagan was However, the filmmaker. He did an Oculus as well. I think that that is a very difficult... You one. I think Gerald uh, Gerald game is a very diffi- difficult book to adapt into a film anyway. Yes, because of the setting, the, the whole setup of it is very. Yes. I mean, it's very difficult to make it an hour and a half of entertainment when it's one person Sorry. in one room. The Hell's Angels are away. back. Yes, <laughs> yes, and the, the interesting thing with Doctor Sleep is that because no one knows anything about it, because no one read that book. Um, also, this is not going to be a sequel to 1980s The shiny uh, You know, it's not going to be Stanley Kubrick's sequel. It's not going to be anything related to that because no, no,
0: the trader's definitely going to go. You saw him <laughs> defeat a hotel. <laughs> now watch him put people to sleep. Maybe to defeat a hotel. That's what I like about
1: you is that that, that is basically true, <laughs> but the way you say it makes it sound stupid.
0: Well, not it's kind of a stupid setup. I don't want that guy, but <laughs> the shining
1: stupid. Uh, it's not realistic at all. <laughs> I've never seen a hotel come to life. Topiary animals can't jump around. Have I in the Not in Stanley Kubrick's no, no. version, no. In the TV miniseries, yes. And that was some cheap shit, because they did not have the budget for those animals. Uh, okay, well, let's move on from that as well. Hey, Andy. Yes? We've talked about it a lot, the Disney merger with Fox, which now may not be happening, because Comcast have now made a bid you, for Fox. Damn you,
0: Comcast! So who are Comcast, Comcast exactly
1: uh, Comcast are a premium sort of ca- paid cable um company who also own NBC universal oh, okay. um, so are a big player in the states not so much over here but they have got their fingers on a lot of different pies mm-hmm. and have the money to back this up it could well be that now Disney don't get sold to um uh, Disney don't get access to Fox, and instead Fox get sold off to Comcast. In which case, I think you can pretty much kiss the idea of the X-Men ever joining the MCU goodbye. <laughs> yes! Um, but also, maybe they'll just shut down the X-Men. MC, uh, the MCU! Like, without the X-Men, we can't do it! Um, so, they've come in with a late bid, uh, but a promise that it's all cash. No assets.
0: All cash? Yeah. None of like... it on card. <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: it's just cases of money. Billions and billions of dollars. It's just to avoid the 2% surcharge. Yeah, probably. This is it. They want to avoid, avoid a transaction mm. fee. Um, yeah, so they're apparently in advanced stages of uh, that bid at this moment in time. The Disney deal wasn't going to go through until 2019 anyway, so there's a good chance that nothing is going to change in terms of we're not going to see a decision on this until next year.
0: I might
1: buy them. The sooner it gets sorted out, the better, I think, because it'll just stop everything. We need to know
0: when Gambit's coming.
1: Yes, very true. Um, so maybe Gambit will be good. That's basically what we can take away from this. Maybe Gambit will be made for all cash. <laughs> maybe they'll just throw. You'll just see wads of money <laughs> on the set.
0: Comcast only deal in pure cash. Yeah, they're just there like... We've got to they're have the mafia of the fucking filmmaking
1: world. They go into Fox headquarters and they have 200 staff all carrying massive bin bags full of dollar bills.
0: <laughs> it's just like stuff they pull from the and back they, of a sofa.
1: And they have to pay for it in single dollar bills as oh, well yeah, yeah. just to make it more impressive when they load it down on the table. Yeah, I mean... Basically, mergers are killing this industry. <laughs> and bear in mind, the government, the U.S. government, are already suing. Um, who are they? They're suing to block a merger between Time Warner and uh, AT and T at the moment. So, there's a lot of sort of monopoly deals that might be going on where. We can't, we can't have this actually happening and these studios just end up having to die anyway. <laughs> on the plus side, at Paramount least... Paramount <laughs> being the prime example at this point of, of a studio floundering in his own film <laughs> and only surviving on A Quiet Place money. On the plus side, at least, top hats and mustaches are coming back into style with all these Monopoly deals. Very true. Rich Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> style guru. Is that his
0: actual name?
1: Yeah, Rich Uncle Pennybags, yeah. Because everyone calls him Mr. Monopoly, but you forget that Monopoly is the most evil board game ever, and it glorifies, basically, monopolies, and illegal business practice. <laughs> of course, Paul, you're the expert here on illegal business practices. You know as well as I do that Rich Uncle Pennybags is a genius. Yes. Because not only is he a successful businessman, but he's also got a board game named after his, his business practice. And also, he has been able to hide his name by...
0: In, and remain completely in the shadows well, he's, yeah. just like, never ta- never he's got no shell accounts let's, let's just put it this way he is the Thanos of board games <laughs> he never clicks anyone when somebody calls him Mr Monopoly he goes mm. yeah yeah that's my name and he always gets free parking so
1: <laughs> you don't stay rich by paying for parking
0: <laughs> he's got to get out uh, get a drink of free card on a bit of elastic which just got to fix back up his- and <laughs>
1: Okay, three more bits of news, yep. and then we're done. Oh, wait, four more bits. Mowgli trailer came out this week. Yeah. What do you
0: think? The, the problem is I really love the Jungle Book that Disney, that Disney did. Right. And I understand this is going to be a more towards what um, Kiddling wrote. Yes. But I also don't care for it at all.
1: I'm really excited for this film. I, I Because of that reason, that it is it looks from the trailer to be completely different to the story we saw two years ago. And we love that film. I'm
0: happy to be proven wrong.
1: But my thing was always, if you can justify your existence by making it a different enough telling of that story to sort of make sure that you're not just competing on the same level with the Disney version, then I can fully understand why you're doing it. The trailer makes it look like they can... I've been lied to a lot by trailers.
0: The thing is, all the core components of this film are exactly the same. Yeah. And it doesn't have the songs. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Is it
1: There's funny? only room for one musical at the moment and that's The Greatest show. <laughs> so...
0: I just need more songs. You love a musical. I love a, good, I love a good tune. Yeah, but the thing is... Especially if it has a woe in it. <laughs> You, you can't have a monkey go. <laughs> Howler monkeys. What you think they are? Very good.
1: All right, Paul. Uh, you just uh, I, I made you watch the trailer. <laughs> I am indifferent. Nice. No, so we've got f- f- three sides to the, the same I, coin there. I, I we've got I a weird triangle been, coin. I have not seen the 2016 version, so I have no. Now, Paul. I have no uh, thing that's either putting me off it or making me more excited for it due to that. Yeah. Uh, The trailer looked fine, Mm -hmm. Um, not my sort of film probably, but we'll see. Paul prefers films like um, The Greatest Showman?
0: Well, (laughs) a little bit. You you like The
1: Greatest Showman, don't you? I I enjoyed it enough. I'm outnumbered two to one, (laughs) because I enjoyed it (laughs) not enough. Um, okay. well in that case I'm the indifferent then. Yeah, yeah true <laughs> final bits of news okay so Sony's Morbius the Living Vampire spin off has got it's first plot details mm-hmm. it's going to be a horror action story with a fairly comic book accurate vibe it's also maybe not going to happen until we see how good Venom is yeah, and then yeah, they'll make yeah. that <laughs> decision so I think we've got a little bit of time I, I
0: know nothing about that character that, I, so. uh,
1: Morbius would always one of the um, Spider-Man villains that I really enjoyed when I was when I read the comics yeah something. and in the animated series yes is really like yeah. they do some interesting yeah. stuff with that um, now especially if we were chatting before the podcast about how potential there isn't it's still not confirmed if Venom is necessarily in the MCU yes. Spider-Man universe or whether it's completely separate yeah, I think if it's separate Morbius has the opportunity to be really interesting I hope that it's been run past Guillermo del Toro first. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> what I was about to say. It um, <laughs> um, he says here, Anton Fuqua's been a to director, but we know that it's going to be Guillermo to turn down. <laughs> um, but no.
0: but especially with one living vampire. So. Yeah, exactly. I think especially
1: with um, what we've seen of the trailer of New Mutants, I think Morbius has a potential to go down a similar sort of psychological horror just, route. Just make good films um, that are what they, they are. are. Don't make them fitting into this cookie cutter. At the end of the day, it gives you, it, it allows for an opportunity to make a vampire film that is not about Dracula. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's what something that we should they should be to do. Morbius met Dracula in two thousand and one. <laughs> this is the story of that meeting. Does Jesus, that have Dracula in it? I don't, don't know. Think so no. So
0: it's already done, Paul
1: have your Twilight? It mm-hmm. allows for a horror vampire film. Did, did you not watch the, Twilight? Did, oh, Underworld it was scary, I suppose, Dracula that it was made. It. Did Underworld have Dracula in it? Probably. I don't know, but again, Underworld <laughs> is a ten-year-old ten franchise, isn't it, that had a... Finally dead. After, yes. after, after, a, after a poor performing last sequel, I believe. Whoops. But, yeah. um, no, it, I mean, it. it Especially at the moment with with superhero movies going down that route of having you know you've had exciting things like Logan and you've had uh, things that don't really f- necessarily fit the trend yes as much okay. coming out in recent years it would be very interesting to see what what they do with it mm. in this um, you know I'd like to see some stuff some but again it's all dependent yeah. on whether it's going to fit into the MCU or whatever did Dracula Dead Loving It have Dracula in it. <laughs> Technically, yes, and he's probably the best Dracula film ever. And I will, I will put my hands up and say I love that film more than I love most films. It's really like it's the thing is a whole lot of fun. The thing is, everyone talks about Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Time. Well, you talk about that film. It's a great film. His real work of genius wasn't the producers, it wasn't any of those films, it was Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Mel Brooks' finest effort ever. (laughs) Um, Okay, so final couple of bits of nonsense. One more bit of superhero stuff. Hey, you know how we were talking about Captain Britain the other week? Well, we were talking about it off mic, uh, and we were talking about Simon Pegg... Speaking about wanting to be it. Yeah. Well, guess who fucking piped his fucking stupid fucking face up and said that he wants to be in it now? Orlando Spooners. Nick Frost. Jesus Christ, Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Like, this can't happen. There's other actors out there. I, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but I'll do it to stop him doing it. I don't think
0: it. you're what people are going to aspire to me when they see Captain Brown. On I'll just be like, no, I'm
1: literally the best of British. <laughs> and that is. Truly a dummy indictment. Dar- this, this is
0: post-Brexit
1: Britain. <laughs> this is what you get.
0: This white guy literally... If, if
1: it. it's going to represent post-Brexit Britain, then isn't it Jeremy Clarkson? Farage. Oh, sorry, Farage. <laughs> he changed his name to Farage because it sounds less foreign.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing that he hates the And most. he also
1: wanted to distance himself from so-far sofas. Yes, yeah. 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 Far, <laughs> so far um, there's that
0: other bit of book news, did you see that? About like, um, potential, who are going to be the villains in Black Panther 2? Donald did Glover. Donald Glover and um, Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Now, if you've seen Black Panther, Panther you'll realise why that's interesting. And if you've seen Spider-Man
1: Homecoming, <laughs> you'll also realise
0: why There's only a rumour, but apparently they're being lined up to be the villains in Black Panther 2. And I don't understand...
1: Well, Kendrick Lamar still wants to be the villain and I am more happy about that than, he? than yes. Yeah, when Fuck you, it, ASAP Rocky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Isn't he the villain of music? Maybe. I don't know. Is he a goodie or a badly in
1: music, Paul? Paul. I, I think you're you're Paul. our finger on the pulse. It's 2013 think, after all. I think Jay Cole is the villain of music. Joe Cole. Liter- J. Cole. I've literally well, never so heard of J. Cole. <laughs> he's worse I, than I know, Joe I know Cole. the
0: footballer, Joe Cole.
1: Paul, uh explain to me if you can trap music, but do it off mic, because I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> I don't know if I know All I know is that I've listened to the top fifty today and about 40 of those songs sound exactly the same as if it's Post Malone on everything. That is... And trap music is Post Malone. Certain... I will explain it. Like him him. and <laughs> Well, he's... Okay, well, is he's... he's not, no, the, no, is the answer. Well, yes, Malone, yes is the answer is in not, my head. Well... Because he sounds <laughs> exactly like Khaled, which is trap music. I believe... Let's leave this till after... Alright. Yeah. Migos. Migos. Migos Migos. I tried something very different <laughs> yeah, there. I yeah, to God, that's you, that's tread carefully you tread on my gravy. <laughs> okay. One more bit of news. Fucking hell, it's taken a while to is get this, this the one that This is the one, one that you've got as well, yeah. Paul, don't okay. worry. Paul came with one bit yeah. of news. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> which is to be fair, one bit more than you came. Oh no, yeah. you did just give me that yeah. bit there.
0: Yeah.
1: So technically I came with two bits of news. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, so the Boba Fett solo movie is apparently in the works, um, uh, so the, the Star Wars offs <laughs> continue. Mm. Um, Kill me now. James Mangold is attached to direct. And writing.
0: Don't care. I still don't think it's a good idea. I genuinely don't care. Like It's basically another case of Disney strip mining anything to do with Star Wars yes. to the point where I literally do not care about anything. There's two ways this can go. Either they play into the Boba Fett as this court hero thing, where for some reason. Which this, I always which, have had a problem this, with by this the way. This man who appears in like Empire for like two seconds in a suit, cool looking suit of armour became this fan favourite. So they play into that, they play into the fact that he is this ultimate assassin, mm-hmm. and you go down that route. Or you make it a comedy caper because he is an actual idiot. You know, he flew into the mouth of a Sarlacc. Make him a bumbling idiot or super action hero. Do either because I don't care.
1: Okay, here's here's a way to go with it. If we go for the second option, the bubbling mm-hmm. idiot Kevin James. Yeah, do it. Kevin James writes, directs, stars. Oh no, you get Ty- Sandra produces.
0: You get Taika No, don't you?
1: you get Kevin. Ja- Kevin James's comedy only works if it's Kevin James <laughs> in charge, basically. Because yeah, there were directors for the Paul Blart movies, but we know who was pulling them. <laughs> we know James strings. Mangold was involved here, so <laughs> therefore he'll be pushed <laughs> out by James.
0: The thing is. Like I've heard a couple of ideas of people, and I people have been like, "Oh, why don't we do it where you get somebody find the Boba Fett armor, mm. and therefore it's it's everyone thinks it's Boba Fett, but actually it's somebody completely different than the armor." Yeah, fine. Or do my idea, which is him just spending 130 minutes in the in the belly of the Sarlacc. Mark, well, I think. But oh, Robot it's, that way, is, that? It's, it's 127 hours, but with Boba Fett, and he's in a song See, I was thinking Castaway, but yeah, you, you've, got, you've got. I'm, some I'm talking literally yeah. like one shot. Yeah, um, I, would see,
1: I, I would. I mean, I think I'd personally go with uh, Boba Fett being uh, John Wick Three: Space Wick, and, <laughs> Space just, and just 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 the Space Wick Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> so Keanu, yeah. So, helmet he, off all the time yeah and he is John Wick but he <laughs> he's he, he he, just in a pop of that film to
0: be honest it's the perfect role for Tom Hardy because it's full face coverage <laughs> yeah true he's finally realised his dream like I I don't care for it to be honest no like I, find I like that, James Mangold yeah
1: well he's now currently working on the Ford uh, Ford vs Ferrari uh, film at the moment which has had some casting news coming in the what It's about the basically the race to build the world's fastest uh, car um, between Enzo Ferrari and the Ford company. It's it's actually a really fascinating story if you actually look at it. um, it, It'll be a biopic, so Mm -hmm. you know something for everyone (laughs) if you you like cars (laughs) and (laughs) biopics. Not even that, really. Just if you like cars. <laughs> there would be something there if you like cars. I mean, think about it this way, Andy. The Greatest Showman was sort of a biopic. Mm, so, Sort, sort of, of. This, sort of, of, this sort of, is a very <laughs> loose term for <laughs> not at, really all, at all, really. All, all he was a real person. Yes, yes. That's as much All of, I'm saying is share a name? Hugh Jackman as Henry Ford. Zac Efron puts on an Italian accent and he's Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> Um, or do you think? You got yourself a it solo movie. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't, I, the thing is, we'll get onto this very shortly um, because this is the 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 crux of this episode. Um, but I, you know, I don't want it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think James Mangold is capable of better, more interesting projects, and that's what I would like, want to see him working on. And for instance, Ferrari versus Ford looks like it might be a more interesting project than this. Mainly because anything might be. Reviews time. Okay, we're a long time into this episode. Believe it's me, this is this is, this is this is a long one. Okay, uh, so it's reviews. Every week. Uh, reviews this week are of one film and one film alone. Oh, a solo, solo review. A solo review of a film that felt left some people feeling so low, and some people feeling. Handed off to a Better lower place. I don't know. Just fucking get on with <laughs> it. It's really solo, 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 Star
0: Wars, solo, solo movie.
1: Solo, so yeah, solo, solo. Yeah. We'll stop saying the word solo now, Andy. I can't what? guarantee it. What you go for it, mate? Okay, so the it. okay, <laughs> um, so the film is the origins. Well, not origins, because that would just be like. His parents, Baby bucket, solo. basically, is <laughs> um, the origin story of how Ham Solo gets his start in space and gets off Corellia. Um, it's a lot of things happening that set up a lot of things that you've seen in the films, and they give reasons for why certain things are the way they are in the films. I don't think they needed to give all of those reasons. I morally oppose them giving a lot of those reasons. Morally opposed, Oh my God. You're there like I'm offended on a yeah. fucking personal belief basis. I was, as as the kids say, triggered. Ooh. I think that means that makes us woke if someone was triggered. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twelve after all, guys. Okay, so the film is basically that. Yeah. Is a lot of different moments of things that you know about Happening for the first time And you're going Right Okay
0: Yeah um,
1: At it's heart Is it a heist film Not really <sighs> It is a bit But not enough
0: Yeah Is it uh,
1: an adventure film A little bit But not enough Is it a Star Wars film Basically no But sometimes a mi- <laughs> For a minute Yes well, it's either, I think it's not a Star Wars film for a lot of it, but then it's too much a Star Wars film ah, for the rest of yes, it. Yes, yes, this is the problem: is that the moments where it's not Star Wars film, which is actually not moments, is long swathes of film, they are excruciating, and the moments where it is Star Warsy are even more excruciating because it's too far Star Warsy. Yeah. Mm. It's it's either zero percent or four thousand percent, which isn't a real percentage, basically in this terms. <laughs> um, Okay, so here's my story, a solo story, if you will, a okay. Star Wars story. I came out of this film feeling relatively positive. Yeah. But I, I think it was through the benefit of having seen Deadpool 2 last week and really thinking it was a stinker. There are still bits of this film that I'm thinking, yeah, that kind of works. There's a lot of this film that I'm thinking, I wish that it had worked. Um, I think the, the okay. Its biggest problem for me is that it never escapes the fact that it's an unnecessary film. Yeah. Which we've always said, going up to the, you know from the moment it was announced, we were always sort of against it. Yeah, well, okay, uh, not, not against it, it, but very, very hesitant about the idea of this being a necessary film to make. You don't need to tell these stories, uh-huh. and it's the same reason that we're off board for Boba
0: Fett is that. And Jabba Huttman, the Jabba hook movie. they had.
1: But actually, weirdly, of the three of them, that's the one I'm most interested in seeing because it's a slug monster. I don't know. GMO better be fucking getting a call. Um, So my thing was, I was feeling relatively positive and then I came out and I thought... And then I slept on it and I went, no, actually, there's even more stuff that I don't like about this. And the stuff that I don't like, I really don't like. And the stuff that I do like, I kind of like.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's not enough to justify a film, in my view. Paul, you saw this... Two days ago? Yeah. Okay, how did you... How did I... How did you get there? <laughs> Car? I, d- I drove there. Nice, Sports. nice. Yeah. Okay, uh, what was more was... interesting, your drive or the film? No, definitely my drive. Okay. Yeah. All right, tell me um, about your reaction to that Okay, film. so... I'm saving Andy because I know that he's full of vitriol. I came out of that film and... Went home. And well, no, that well, is how I'm... you're here now. That, that, that is... <laughs> the first thing I did was... Uh, I went and picked up my friend from finishing work Okay, who works at a cinema and he's also seen it and okay. he saw the midnight screening of it a few days prior. What a nerd. And um, he, the first, he just asked me so what did you think of Solo? Yeah. And all I could say was I did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I felt... No, I know, cause I think the runtime is about two hours, ten minutes. Yeah, two, two, yeah, two ten, ten, 10 15, fifteen, something like that, yeah. It felt long. It did feel long. It felt very long to me, um, and not in a good way of like, oh, I'm so lost in this world. It's <laughs> in a way of, I just want to be out of it. Well,
0: I don't think any film comes out positively feeling long. Like, if you feel that it feels long, that's never a good mm. sign. No. You know, the long films that you enjoy. Like, Blade Runner, for example. Yeah. I do think that was long, mm-hmm. but I didn't come out going, oh, God, that was not, like, you know... Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> no, you can not You know, there. things like it's... even Wonder Woman, like, Wonder Woman is a long film, but I didn't come out thinking, that was long. But anything you come out and go, that's a long mm-hmm. film, is never really a good sign. No. Which means you're paying like, more attention yeah. to the running time yeah, than you are uh, to the
1: now, story. there were certain elements, very few elements of it that I enjoyed... But okay. Shall we do this before we get to Andy? Because I know that Andy's just going to reel off a list of everything he hates. Maybe I liked it. Maybe
0: I my mind. You didn't
1: like it. I was there. Uh, y- your watch was also being checked from 15 minutes into the film. Uh, okay. So things that you liked. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, you put me on the spot. Okay, fine. Um, liked in the yeah. loosest possible sense. Okay. So, for example, there were there were very specific scenes that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So. There's a scene where, I mean, you see it sort of a bit of it in the trailer anyway. There's the first scene where Han and Lando meet each other. Nah. I. Sorry, Sorry, you continue. (laughs) I enjoyed that, um, seeing that scene because you see a kind of world, a a sort of part of the Star Wars world that you only have briefly touched upon in previous films with the Moss Eisley Canteen. Right. Um, so you liked the bits around the action?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He's, right.
1: I'm not necessarily saying. Yeah. Okay. That... That,
0: that, there were interesting creatures there. Yeah. But... I'm not saying. And you, you get to necessarily... see a Gonk Droid become a gladiator, so that's
1: all. It's a positive. Uh, no, but I think where the 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 parts of this that work is seeing is this the stuff where it's effectively exploring parts of the Star Wars universe that you've never seen before. Which it would be the, a more interesting but, film yeah, than this, yes. What, what I really, uh, I also enjoyed the Corellia stuff at the start, just seeing, um, not, again, it's not the exchanges between the characters, it's the world that they're in. It was interesting to see what that world right. was and how, um, and how it looked because it's, it seemed like such a big contrast. Save your haterade, Andy. Just, just and I'm, I'm basically, my tongue. Basically, Corellia looked like Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> really, it looked like modern-day Detroit. Yeah, which is the city that it's supposed to be based off anyway. Oh, is it? Yeah. But,
0: okay. Without Without trying to yeah. get too nerdy here... No, no, go for it. You go for nerd.
1: The thing about Star Wars and the ship design and stuff like that, mm-hmm. all of this was to do with um, car culture. Yeah. Um, and George Lucas, if, if, if you've ever seen things like um, uh, American Graffiti, there is... George Lucas's work is heavily influenced by that, and uh, obviously Detroit being the Motor City at yeah. the time that he was growing up, and sort of at the time of release mm-hmm. for these film uh, for the original trilogy, there is a lot of sort of the industrial side of Detroit, yeah. and the industrial side, and that that world, and also that sort of um, the culture of you know drag racing and yeah. racing and stuff like that, and that's the interesting stuff about Star Wars is actually the big space opera stuff is less interesting and the stuff that's actually kind of interesting is the fact that it's all based on car culture and that it's all based on the fact that...
0: No wonder James Van Gold's getting involved in um, Yeah, exactly. He's going to just put Ferrari and Ford in it. Um, now, in terms of so other, yeah.
1: other things that I liked, mm-hmm. there is... that Basically, i picked very two, two backgrounds. That yeah. is what I've liked so far. <laughs> yeah, you've you you liked <laughs> sets. <laughs> yeah. The set design, great. <laughs> everything, everything, I mean... Most of what's within it. Mm. Um, no. I, but I also enjoyed um, Paul Bettany's performance. Chewing the scenery, having a great old time. He, uh, he, I, I but, I'll give you Paul Bettany. Yeah, but I, then, I, It's very rare that I see a film that like I don't like Paul Bettany exactly. in, but he's in The Da Vinci Code. Mm. But then basically, the, the rest of the actors, there was possibly... Mo- most of the actors in it, I'd say there was a maximum of ten seconds where I thought they were good. Right. And the rest of the two hour ten minutes not so much. Okay, the one thing that I did like and I still I still maintain this is true is that I believe that Alden Ehrenreich's performance mm-hmm. n- you raise your eyebrows all you want but I will defend this. I think there is the seeds of that character there and I believe that you can, I believe, it depends on how positive you are towards the rest of the film as well. Because I think perhaps some people have got a very negative view of the film and just <laughs> instantly at that point just go, "I am not willing to give it any credence on any level." I think there are there are scenes where you where you understand where this character goes on this uh, what the the sort of beats that happen in this film. Sort of inform some of the decisions that mm. create the character you see in episode four, five, and six. The problem I have with him, though, is that I think there are seeds of it. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of not it. But I think that's no, but that's what I'm saying is that the seed points. I think it's necessary to have the bits where it doesn't feel like that because it needs to have the bits where it does feel like that because that's how the character gets mm. to those po- gets to the to where he is at episode 4 and I know that you hated him and thought he was the worst thing ever in films but
0: no oh well, that's okay, a surprise because he loved him in Hell fine. Caesar
1: <laughs> let's not he was get one of the better things in Hell yeah, Caesar yeah and let's not get into that film ever again please we need to sit well clear of that <laughs> water. that iceberg um, but, I mean that is genuinely it after that
0: oh, the the explosion <laughs> There we are. Oh, there is an explosion that looks yeah. incredible. Yeah, the explosion yeah. of the is, that's um, really good. of the uh, the oh,
1: hyperfuel. that was that was a very good Star Wars-y moment yeah. and
0: and a nice Star Wars sound to it as well. Right? Yeah, it had the a- boom 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 boom
1: kind of boom boom thing to it. That's good, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it is a shame that the rest of the film was as kind of pony and trap as it was because <laughs> that is the. <laughs> it's the real... Oh, the weird thing is right. Is that I thought I was really off board with the the saga stuff. Yeah. And now I'm really off board with the saga stuff. Uh, no, but weirdly, I really enjoyed Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not looking forward to Episode Nine uh-huh. because J.J. Abrams is coming back on board, and I think he's going to make a yeah. mess of it, and I think he's going to undo a lot of the stuff that uh, Ryan Johnson undid. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: I really liked Rogue One. But I like Rogue yeah. One mostly. It's got. That final
1: third is great. I mean, I still think Rogue One is the strongest out of the new lot. Yes, I think... By far. As, as an overall film, I think that's true and I think Last Jedi is easily second. This is down there with uh, Force Awakens in terms of it doesn't work. <laughs> this is my... The film least, doesn't hold think, together I, properly. I think this is worse than possibly
0: some of the prequel films. Yeah? Yeah. So I agree. Like, okay shall I right I'm just checking how
1: much bandwidth we've got left <laughs> uh, yeah go for right.
0: it the thing is I don't want to come across as a negative Nelly because I realised for the last three weeks all I've done is shout on films because I didn't like Annihilation I didn't like Deadpool 2 and I didn't like this mm-hmm. um, so I don't want to come across as the fact that I just don't like films just make good films the, the one positive I will give to this is a positive you gave to Avengers Infinity War it is made as a film it is competently <laughs> made Apart from that, I'm done with this. I, I, mm. Like you said, I was watching the f- my watch from the first 15 minutes in because mm-hmm. I was bored. The stuff on yeah. Carillion, you, you say it looks alright. I think it looks terrible. Like there's nothing interesting about that that whole place.
1: And oh, bear in mind, I am still literally talking about the set yeah. design. I think all of the shit oh, like, that they do, even the set design
0: is bland. And that's the mm-hmm. one thing I can say about this entire film. The entire film was dull. It was bland. There was nothing exciting. It really. Any moment. There is no jeopardy in this film because you already, it's a prequel problem. You already know that this character survives and everyone around it survives and the people that don't are the people you don't see again. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it, you know. And what I said to you is it to use? My major problem with this was every single person who was in this film seemed like they were doing bad cosplay of characters we already knew. It's like, oh, Han Solo has this um, sneaky, these cheeky little smile that he does every so often, so I'll put it in 500 times. Lando. It's basically just Donald River going, oh, these are the certain things that Lando does, therefore that's that See, me. Like, I, with Lando, I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, Lando's great, Lando's cool, because it's Donald River, But at the end of the day, he's not. It's he's, he's just poor, and, basically, acting of going, I, oh, this is what those characters do. And also, this film introduces one of the worst characters in any Star Wars film yeah. in, in Lando's co-pilot, Robot. It is worse, and I'm not saying this lightly, it is worse than Jar Jar Binks. I hate that character the pro-
1: so much. The problem we now have is that we did so well being woke earlier.
0: Well, and, because, and now, Andy,
1: we might not well, be because, woke anymore. Because
0: that robot cares about robot rights, and it's, you know, making that as an allegory for what's happening in the world today doesn't make it an interesting character. Because mm. all you've done is you've created a character but it's just incredibly annoying. Mm. And if anything, I'm watching it going, yes, let the robots die. If I have to deal with any more of this, let the robots die. See the problem I have with um, Lando
1: is that I don't think it is a good performance because I think he is. I think Donald Glover plays like three different characters yeah. within this mm-hmm. within the space of this film. He I would... don't think there. And this is the problem that I have with most of the characters in it. I think every actor has a couple of moments where they are mm-hmm. good in that role, but I don't think they're in whether it's the writing or the performances. I don't actually know. I don't think that it, they any of the characters stays the same well, characters is, all I throughout.
0: The tone of the film is all over the place as well because they say Ron Howard reshot like ninety percent of this because there's too much comedy from Phil Lord mm-hmm. and Chris Miller. They did too much improv, but then why are there so many jokes that just don't land? Or mm. all of a sudden, like, or a don't ser- land? Don't. There's a serious moment mixed with this really kind of oh um, fun moment like literally immediately afterwards and they don't kind of play off each other or work well enough next to each other. Yeah. There's so much of that that literally I found... Also, can we just mention that Amelia Clark is terrible. Oh, she's like, awful, awful. genuinely Apart from Game of Thrones, but I don't know if it's just that she can play that character, I don't think I've seen her in anything where I've gone, oh, you're good. See, I don't even think she's particularly good in Game of Thrones. I just I think have the same that, problem. I just think she is, was
1: cast in Game of Thrones and she is one of the main characters. And the, so the, she the, is still the, the problem and is, with a long-running series like that, you cast early doors and you have to have... Fa- it's it's the um, Harry Potter problem. <clears throat> sort of the Harry Potter problem. Harry Potter's got it to a more extreme degree because you're casting kids. You never know what they're going to turn out like. But with a long-term series like that, I mean, you're you're much more of a fan of Game of Thrones yeah. than I am. You know, I'm a passive watcher. I've seen, what, maybe <laughs> well, 15 episodes. episodes in total. Yeah. And so I know enough about that world now and I've seen enough of the performances of people in it. <clears throat> And I've never been overly blown away by anyone in it, to be honest. Uh, there are there are a couple of characters who I think are really embodied really well, but I think it's just because I really like the character they're playing. Yeah. Um the That's Hound and um,
0: Over on. um no, the one who's not the Hound, um the other guy. The mountain. No. Simeon Lanster. <laughs> no. You said the other guy in a
1: series that has about okay. five hundred guys. The one who Okay, who does uh who does Thingy play? Um Robson and Jerome, who does Jerome oh, play? Um, play? Bronn. Bronn. Yeah. Bronn, the Hound, and Littlefinger, obviously, forever in our hearts. He, the, Those are the three where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm really on board with this. The rest of the series, I'm just kind of like, bleh. Yeah. Anyway, the, getting the, back to it's Solo. Emilia like, like, Bron- Clark is terrible in this. Um, I do enjoy Paul Bettany, but that's yeah. just because yeah. Paul Bettany is clearly just having a fun Paul time.
0: Yeah. Playing Paul, playing what Paul Bettany can literally <laughs> do in his <laughs> yeah. it,
1: it seems like he sort of forced his way into this film. Because he, he allegedly, this is the story of how he got the part. He texted Ron Howard saying, "I'm just sitting here thinking how I've never been in a Star Wars film." <laughs> as soon as Ron Howard got yeah. the job, and obviously he knows him from the Da Vinci Code and stuff like that, he then got Ron. He then got Ron Howard to get him that part.
0: Hmm. Another, oh, another thing I hated in this film yes. that I really hated is the amount of A Force references in. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's forced, if like, not forced. Ever wondered where where the dice came from, or the importance of the dice that are seen? So many good. close-ups on those dice. Like also, when we find out how Han Solo got his name, it's not even worth it. No, it's that's not bullshit. even worth it. Yeah. And thirdly, the amount of just gobbledygook language that we're just supposed to expect, accept as dialogue. Yeah. Like the amount of time somebody goes, "Oh, it's like a flanum 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 flan and flan. I'm from and I'm like, I don't know what that means, and I don't care. Yeah. Like, why are you saying these words? And literally. About 40% of the dialogue is those kind of references. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you're a fan of this universe, you go, oh, a flip-flum-flum-flum. Oh, those are from wherever. It, it basically... Know, like, that, a... to me, is literally you say nonsense in place of actual words. Uh, do you two watch Rick and Morty? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that one episode where
1: there's that bit where Rick, Rick just says loads of catchphrases in a row that just mark nonsense yeah.
0: words? Yeah. That is the no, script think, of right, so it like. Just It just really annoys me. Like I don't <laughs> need to know where he got his blaster from. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. not important to me. Why don't you just make a fun movie?
1: And also, why don't you just make a movie about characters we've literally never seen before? Rather mm. than, than, and, because the, the, because the, moment, the moment that you make a film about a fan favourite character, you know, as Boba Fett is or as Han Solo is, mm. the issue you're always up against is the fact that you as a filmmaker probably feel the pressure to do fan service all the time.
0: Mm. And that doesn't make a good film. And there's one moment towards the end that makes me angry. I also think... I can't say what it is, but there's one yeah. bit of fan service towards the end which literally just makes me angry because it's blatantly there just to forget fans going, oh, wow!
1: But I also think that the plot is riddled with plot holes and things that effectively characters doing stuff that don't make any sense. Yeah. There are multiple decisions within this film that affect the rest of the plot, where it's like, that makes no sense. Why would you do that? Yeah, why? Like, they're, literally, there's nothing there to suggest that that is something that you would do. I'm not going to specify what mm. bit, but there's a real problem I've got with, with something that Woody Harrelson's character does that literally mm. affects the rest of the film, and I don't, I don't understand it at all. Um, but I just think that whether how much of the now, re, interestingly, earlier today I read an article. That was an excerpt of an interview with Amelia Clark, where Amelia Clark said, "Said the words, Ron Howard saved this solo film. If he saved this solo film, where was God forbid, was whatever Ron, was, okay. yeah, whatever film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chris Miller thing, did. This is the thing is that I feel like no matter who's in charge of this film, this film is doomed to doomed to not work. Particularly the way they seem to have constructed it. But I think you're never going." Uh, My issue is, it's an unnecessary film anyway. It doesn't matter who's at the helm, whether you go for a comedy angle, whether you go for anything else. I don't think it works, and I don't think it's needed. Right, so here's... We'll we'll sort of tie it up now, shall we? Because we've we've done a lot. Okay. um, The bad news is that uh, there are multiple film clauses for some of the actors in this uh, film. Uh, The other bad news is that there is talk of a Lando spin-off film. The other bad news right. is, will cinema ever be good again? Because well, it feels, it feels like after, after the last this, couple I'm of not, weeks, I've just, just gone, I don't know where I'm at with I, it. Anymore. I
0: enjoyed Infinity War. I know you didn't, so I'm your dry spell's going longer than mine, but... It feels like it's been a while since I've gone to the cinema and been really wowed by anything. Yeah, and it, we,
1: we, That's because Annihilation didn't come out But we're we having this discussion about, has it been a slow year for films? Hmm. And we always have this discussion at the end of the year where we say, it's been a good year for films. And it's like, oh, but every year's a good year. you know, Every year's basically the same. There's some yeah. good stuff, there's some bad stuff. Usually the good stuff outweighs the bad, if you're lucky. Or you just avoid the bad. Enough but, of the bad but, but the problem stuff. Is I think I'm starting to forget some of the good stuff I've seen. Because it was so early in the year. Like January and February, there were some really good films that came out.
0: Did Coco come out this year? Coco was January, yeah. Thank
1: God for that. So, you know, you've got Coco, you've got Shape of Water, you've got Three Billboards, things like that. All came out January, February time. The problem is, we're now in May, approaching June, and going, the last good thing I saw in the cinema, I think... You were was, never really here. You were never really here, and that was March. <laughs> I think one of the issues we've I got I am now, seeing the breadwinner tomorrow, so I'm enthused about that. I but, think one of the issues we've got this year is that we were lucky last year to have Get Out and Logan come out um, uh, the, uh, March, yeah, April yeah. time. Which were two of, uh, well, um, in my opinion, two of the better films of, you know, is, they they both remain in my top ten sort of thing. Is it because Infinity War
0: came out that no one studios are afraid of putting anything up against gates that? Mm. I, enjoyed, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed A Quiet Place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So that was the last time I went to the cinema and enjoyed myself. Yeah. Well, that was I the dream, beginning nice. of April it was a few weeks before Infinity mm-hmm. War
0: but you know it just seems like the last three weeks all I've done is gone you've just rang on movies why have I like what? The, the main thing like, the two, the main thing I get from this film mm-hmm. um, and I think it's fair I think it's possible to say this is um, because it's not a spoiler or anything but there's a line in it that basically says humans can fuck robots in this universe so it makes me wonder: Do people try and fuck R two D two in his little lightsaber hole? And that's now. The and most, that, that is the most interesting thing to have come out of this that, film. That moment happened halfway through this film, and for the rest of the film, that's all I thought about it, because literally it was. And bad we did have a lengthy scene. discussion afterwards about oh. what it's called, but we called, decided it was what it's called a dipstick. dipstick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so
1: really... for me, it's a pretty resounding "do not recommend." Uh, for me, it's a pretty resounding. Avoid at all costs.
0: <laughs> for me it's a like, yeah, go for it, why not? Like,
1: <laughs> if you really are you if you're that enthused about going to go and see it, then
0: you would to go it the cinema <laughs> I have to say it is a good substitute for self-harm. So like I, g- genuinely, like I I don't think I'm saying this lightly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it's just because I've it's I've just seen it and you know a couple of days ago and I really didn't enjoy it, but I'd rather go back and watch Phantom Menace. Yeah, me too. Genuinely me too. Right. I genuinely think you're right. I think I think in this, fact, I I I think I would rather watch
1: any of the prequel films now. I, I genuinely think Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, or Avengers: The Sith are much better. Phantom Menace had a
0: moment that. in it where literally I could go, "Oh, that lightsaber fight with Darth Maul, yeah, that's pretty cool." Mm. This hasn't got a moment like that. There is no moment, even the bit of the Kessel Run in this film, yeah, which I expect they thought was going to be this big. And when I saw that clip in the trailer, I went. Oh, um, that looks like it's going to be looks like it's going to be really interesting, like visually at least. It's, it's boring. It's yeah. well. And the thing is, I think what happened was I. The mis- explosion was did good. I, Remember the explosion? Did I get my hopes up because before this we heard that it was getting great reviews, and did I go? Oh, maybe this can still surprise me. Well, this is what I think. My uh,
1: I think I've had the problem with this and Deadpool two from that because that there was that little bit. Neither of these films I was excited for. No and then there was that little bit of hope right at the end, where, yeah. where everyone... Uh, I, I think it's exactly a valid point. I think, I think that is the that is the biggest problem. Well, not the biggest problem, but I think that's possibly the biggest problem with your expectation setting, is that mm. it was so... It was, you know, fucking on the floor of the, uh, sort of a month before release, and then all of a sudden, you get this late surge where everyone's saying, oh, no, these are actually really good, and with Deadpool 2, it was, oh, it was better than the original. You know, they found a way to surpass the original. Mm. With this, it was like... No, you'd be really surprised. Like you know, they've managed to do a really great job of this, considering the circumstance. It's like not even considering the circumstances, they've managed to do a good job of this. So,
0: I didn't like it. I don't. I don't. Know, I don't know if I got it across, but I just didn't like it. <laughs>
1: I don't know how long we can keep on going with no, this podcast. No, us
0: let's, let's tie that up. No, but, I, mean, what, I mean... What's, this what's next? Oh, like the, the podcast, actual podcast itself. Yeah, this is the way cinema the is going. What's next for us? What's the next... Jurassic I'm, World so 2. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, the breadwinner
1: tomorrow, which I'll be reviewing mm-hmm. next week. I'm Jurassic I'm, World Fallen Kingdom is the 6th of June. That comes out, so that's not too far away. Which I'm actually kind of looking forward to, despite not liking Jurassic World. I know what I'm going to try and watch
0: this mm-hmm. week. Cargo. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll watch yeah. Cargo on Netflix and we'll, we'll bring Martin a review Green. of that next week uh, as well as The Breadwinner. I finished Westworld Season 1, that was good. Good. Um, and yeah. we
1: have finished Hell's Kitchen Season 15 and that <laughs> was I mean, no spoilers, but
0: Ooh, Vanessa what? gets far.
1: Well, <laughs> in, interesting. I mean, just to, just to tie up what you were talking she about. does, is the thing. <laughs> Just to you what you're talking about with the, the state of whether this is the way that, that cinema's going mm. I have been pleasantly surprised by th- Netflix's offerings over the last few months and I don't know whether that is just because of Now na- I'm now thinking about it and going am I just liking the things that Netflix are doing because, because, you haven't because seen it's so- good because yeah, for a because yeah. Mm. and that that's it's yeah. not a situation you want to find yourself in where you're liking things because there's no alternative yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh that's, that's a heroine Jesus Christ, this is a long one. Uh that's the episodes. Um we'll when be back next week. Us. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. On Twitter we're at Dinosaur Man fifteen, on Facebook everywhere else including Stitcher Buzzsprout iTunes and all the rest. We're at Dinosaur No, just Dinosaur Man Nerdcast, you fucking idiots. Oh Christ You can find us on YouTube so... You can find us on YouTube Dinosaur Man Nerdcast uh, Andy You did the theme song With Johnny Neves mm-hmm. Years and years ago Yep yeah. Some time ago This it's... this time it was A long time ago In a galaxy far far away Oh the
0: opening crawl as well I was not following
1: The opening crawl Alright
0: let's, let's Stop see. now Sorry see. I've just been Sick in my mouth <laughs> Uh, what was it? What is it said? Um, uh, it's a lawless place. Yeah, but it starts with just a line of "This is a lawless place," and then the second one literally had like four made-up words in it. I literally couldn't read, so I just skipped them. Anyway, uh, Paul, thanks for coming on. Uh, Mark, sorry it wasn't
1: well, in more favourable circumstances. That's fine. I, I like a fun. good event. Andy,
0: uh-huh. thanks. Uh, cheers. Thank you for being here, Alex. I don't want to be here ever again.
1: And until next time, I'll see better films. In, in the next week, I promise.
0: Will you? Don't make promises you can't, keep. I'm pretty confident I can see
1: better films than this <laughs> in the next week. Fuck it, Accepted's on Netflix still. <laughs> Get watching, guys. We'll have a roundtable discussion with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively next week. Ryan Reynolds isn't in no, that film. Who no, is it? No, Justin it's just Long. Long. Jeremy Reynolds in? Ryan Wilder, Alder. which is basically Accepted. <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, let's never forget the, the world needs us to stay united. Otherwise, the baddies win. Bye. <laughs>